Yay. Joe, we've made it. This is two weeks in a row. Yay. I know. I'm super <laughs> stoked and happy. Like, this is fantastic. I can't believe we were, we're actually making this happen again. <laughs> I know. It, it's been too long. A lot of things have happened. So I'm just happy that we're. Ah, I don't know what's going on. My internet has been really bad lately and I don't know why. And it's making me very sad. All right. So we have our wheel up. I added a couple of topics um, based on our discussion last week. I added AI and behavior analysis. And then I also added, um, I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I got a little fired up because I went to a conference recently and that just <laughs> always has that effect on me. So I added um, the disconnect between research and practice. So that's always one that I love to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Should I spin the wheel? Well, spin that wheel. All right. Let's go. Well, this is technically a nice follow-up to last week. <laughs> and we sort of went on the tangent with this anyway. Someday yeah. we'll get to the content creators one, Joe. And if we don't, we'll just say today, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> All right. So for now, we have using AI and behavior analysis. So those of you who are watching us live, feel free to chime in if there's anything you're currently um, doing with behavior analysis and AI or like questions you have or concerns you have about it. Um, Cause I think that would be really helpful for folks to see. And I don't know, Joe, if you want to start, if you want to be the one that starts today, since I started last time, I know last time you said you haven't really done much with it anyway, but maybe you have some like questions or thoughts that come up for you. Oh, you're muted. There we go. Um, I haven't done much with it, but I do wonder, like I do have some questions about like how beneficial it would be to our field to use. Um, I really think we have to be cautious using it because of how it can just produce like massive amounts of information. And if we look at like treatment plan writing, we want it geared towards individualizing for the client and the treatment plan for the client. I can see a lot of people or the, the potential for to be used in that way to write these treatment and our, our clients' treatment plans and it's just spinning out information. But A, we don't fact check it. We don't check to make sure that it's written correctly and then also we don't tailor it for specific clients so that's something i'm concerned about with using ai um, i'm i'm concerned about using ai for creating just programs that we implement without us really doing the you know nitty-gritty work at creating the program from scratch and really tailoring it to the client um, so those are my concerns, Megan. I'm not sure if you had any other concerns or 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll play devil's advocate first uh, on your concerns. And then we'll talk about uh, the, you know, other things that I've encountered or thought about uh, with, with this whole like individualizing for the client. It seems to me that that's a concern regardless of AI. There's a lot of Correct. people who have templates and things like that because the insurance requires so much now for mm-hmm you know, their treatment plans. So a lot of times it looks like there's a quite a bit of copying and pasting, checking off boxes, not really individualizing in the first place. One of the things that I think potentially AI, again, from a devil's advocate standpoint, there's always safeguards that are going to need to be in place. It seems because it can write in seconds, what it might take someone to an hour or longer to write. So I wonder if more individualizing could happen if people are plugging in certain things to say, for example, chat GPT, getting a template of sorts and they get that in seconds and then they can go through and update it based on their client. The other part, individualizing wise, without obviously putting in any confidential information, but eventually I see a place like right now, ChatGPT makes it a little bit trickier and some of the others, because a lot of them are free and open use. So you can't, you have to be real careful. You're not trying to put any confidential client information into these uh, systems. And that brings up a whole separate thing I'll talk Mm -hmm. about. But eventually I wonder if there will be products like we, you know, all of the electronic billing and records keeping and things like that, that exists now didn't exist. The number of options didn't exist five years ago. When I, when we started navigation back in 2010, it was, you know, maybe one or two companies that you could do that stuff with. And then it's exploded over the past 13 years. So I do think that at some point there will likely be HIPAA compliant, AI services where you, you know, purchase some type of software. I don't know what to call it, (laughs) some sort of device, software, whatever. And you could potentially put in really detailed, individualized information about the client and get your, your templates in seconds. And then again, yes, part of the process would have to be going back through and reading it and updating it and making sure it aligns with the values of the client and best practices and all of those types of things. But I do see within the next even year or two where that product could be available on the market for not just behavior analysis, but doctors as well. How amazing would it be when you go into your doctor with whatever symptoms you have, you could tell them and they could actually do more functional medicine with you Mm -hmm. in terms of like plugging that into an AI pulling from all of the most up-to-date research on all of the things. And then they can consult with you on like, these are the possible things that could be happening because right now you go to the doctor and you're, you know, especially for women, I, I, I'm not as on top of it for men, but for women, a lot of times when women go to the doctor and for example, maybe their like heart is racing or something and the doc, Oh, it's just anxiety. Here's some anxiety meds. You know, they, it's all in your head. It's mental health, blah, blah, blah. And they don't dig deeper to see what physical, like physiologically in the body could be happening, what nutrients might be deficient, what could be going on. Maybe if it's like perimenopause or menopause with their hormones, or even without that, Mm -hmm. there's so much that needs to be screened and tested for, but doctors either don't have the training or the time to dive in on all of that stuff. 
So I'm not excited about it, not obviously just for behavior analysis, but just for our overall like health and well-being that we could eventually have like people are going to be more like facilitators with ex- enough expertise to make sure the AI is doing the you know the information it's presenting isn't inaccurate and that it is applicable mm-hmm. to that person. But it was going to save so much time and pull from so many places that the information available to us is just going to like like an infinity options of how much that, like, I don't even know what to say. Like in precision teaching, we say like a times two or a times four or something times infinity, like we'll have so much information (laughs) at our fingertips. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I mean, I do like that idea and it's that deep, uh, chat G G PT. Yeah. G. Yeah. And is able to produce that information and be as, I mean, be effective at writing something that is the best practices in our field and like um, us being able to just plug in the information that we need. That'd be amazing. Um I still think there's definitely a long while to go before that happens. So, I mean, I definitely see bugs now. But do you think there's people who are already doing it? I'm sure there is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, we're looking at whole changes in not just our coursework, but education overall. Like I was talking to someone about this the other day. I mean, a lot of the things that are, I think we've even talked about it briefly too. A lot of the things that schools are focusing on teaching math and reading and stuff like that. I can pull up, I could, at some point in the future, I'm going to have a little device where I can be like, Hey, tell me more about X or like, what's this equation or whatever. Like, and it just spits it right to me. So our whole entire education system is going to need to change to like, how do you navigate this technology? How do you use it safely? How do you use it ethically? How do you become like develop enough expertise on whatever your area of interest is so that you can make the best use of this technology? But everything about how we learn is about to change. And I guarantee you it's going to happen. Well, definitely before I I die, (laughs) but I think it's going to happen in the next like two to five years if people are open because I was, um, I was talking about this, our education system is historically dinosaur related. Like when there's, you know, this from being a teacher, there are changes. Like there are so many things that we know as behavior analysts with, with degrees in education that could be done better in the schools that research shows could be done better and produce more effective outcomes. And the schools are like, ah, we'll go do this thing over here because they had a better advertising to us about their textbook. (laughs) Instead of looking at like what's actually effective. So yeah. I think that's going to be the barrier how quickly, but I get like oh, the U S is going to fall behind then. Cause there will be f- further behind. Cause there will be countries that are jumping on this as soon as they're able to, and they're going to start educating their students completely differently than we've ever seen before. Exactly. Exactly. I kind of, just before hopping on, it was funny. We, uh, my nephew is here and he just got back from a wedding and he's trying to work on a school assignment since he missed a couple of days. And we, and he was like, he was talking about, um, he has this writing assignment to do. And I was like, just joking. Like, you know, this could be really 
easy and you can get it done so fast if we just plug it into chat GPT and it spits out all this the story for you and write it. And just the thought of that is kind of scary because I mean, like it's fascinating, it's awesome, but it's also scary because like it, we no longer have to. I mean, we don't have to write as effectively. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, especially if it's it's out like this. We act. We give a few items, few uh, a sentence of like what we need, and it spits out this information for us. And it's like interesting. Yeah. But yeah. One of the things that it's funny because we were talking about how Beth um, Overturf is really into, she's doing her PhD in AI and we'll have to have her on sometime if she wants to join us. But I saw her yeah. post on Facebook recently about like how she told her students that she is, you know, obsessed with chat GPT and really familiar with it. And I've noticed this as well. Whenever you use it, if you're not being real specific with it about your tone and like style and all of that, it's so easy to spot, at least for me, because I'm using it. There's certain words that it uses on its own that when people make posts on Facebook, I can tell, oh, that was made by ChatGPT. So I'm sure like teachers are going to have to, if they aren't already, get trained on it. There's also AI already out there that can screen for whether or not AI was used to create whatever was created. So, if, you know, if they use it for school or whatever, the teacher could put it through in that way. But yeah, I mean, it is like, it's, it's, it's a little nerve wracking, but also pretty freaking cool too. If you have yeah. like, it's just such a time saver and people could still potentially enjoy reading a good novel that was written by AI and the author, you know, goes through and like adds their flair. There's, um, I haven't done it yet, but chat GPT four, and I'm sure future editions, and there's other AI out there. You can give it samples of your own writing style, your own speaking style, and then it will create your, it'll create stuff for you. So if I wanted to, you know, do a Facebook live or something, and I didn't have time to write out what I wanted to say, I could train it to sound like me and the things I would talk about and then have it write a script for me and then just pop up and and do the Facebook live. There's already creators out there who are making millions of dollars. This is still, it's in the realm more of like only fans and stuff like that, but that just goes to show how much money people are willing to pay. People are paying for the, you know, the only fans or like chat rooms or whatever to interact with an AI. So the, the person there's, there's a, there's an AI model who is not even like somebody created her, but like in the real world, she does not exist. The picture, everything, it's all AI created. And and the person who created her is like a millionaire because all of these people have signed up to engage with her and they know it's AI, but they still, (laughs) they're still like, they're getting the pictures, they're interacting. Like it is wild. Um, But that's AI behavior analysis because we could just talk about all the AI things, uh, for the whole time we have Katie commented on Facebook live and said a little bit worried to get closer to a bag of tricks, but your point about copy paste is so true. And of course I'm going to keep playing devil's advocate slash slightly yeah. opponent. Um, I think we also have that same issue now already though, too. So a lot of times when I'm looking at stuff, I'm like, well, AI wouldn't make that worse. It already exists. <laughs> Right. Like already <laughs> use a bag of tricks a lot, especially with the way the training programs are set up right now. People are not developing analytical skill sets. And I've played around with it. I don't write treatment plans right now. That's not some part of my job. 
but so for just fun, I've put in different things like write me, um, right. I'm a behavior analyst, write me a plan or I'm a parent, help me with this. You're a behavior analyst. And I'll ask it things. The stuff that chat GPT has given me is more comprehensive and better than the stuff I see recent graduates and some even very well-trained behavior analysts come up with. It's including emotional regulation. It's looking real deep at antecedent strategies and skill deficits. All of the things I train on, ChatGPT already incorporates that in its recommendations. Wow. Yeah, I'm spending what, the past 15 years trying to train people on this stuff that are coming out of our grad programs and our training and not getting that information and they're blown away by the, or they're told the opposite. Oh, you can't work on those things. So that to me is like, I mean, I don't know how much in terms of bag of tricks, because obviously if the person does that and doesn't understand why they're doing it or how it works, they still need the training. So that's where you start to get into the bag of tricks. But I would say that a lot of people right now are just being given bags of tricks because they don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. They don't know how to synthesize and pull things together to individualize for their clients because our field grew so rapidly and people are trying their best. I'm not trying to discount the amazing work that folks are doing. I wonder if chat GPT or other AI could help them have less of a bag of tricks in terms of doing like the, the information they didn't get in grad school or their supervision, they could start, you know, interacting with chat GPT and get again at their fingertips within seconds, way more information, and then start to pull that in, in terms of looking at, you know, how to make their practice better with mentorship with someone who has that training and expertise is obviously the ideal, but it, but there is information now with AI available to people in our field and that can pull in and synthesize from other fields as well. That was not available even six months ago. I wonder scholar search, you know, you can do that kind of stuff, but you, I can, I type in, give me a research summary of active engagement. And in minutes, it gives me something. Now, again, I have to, or within seconds, it gives me something. I have to be able to then go double check that information and make sure it's accurate, but I have a way better starting point. If I have a client where they're, we're having difficulty with building their attending skills. I can say, give me a research summary on attending and autism, see what like ideas it gives to me. And then I can go to Google scholar and search that stuff up. And it just co- totally cuts down in the amount of time it takes for me to blindly sit and try to do a lit review without fully knowing what search terms to use, especially if I'm newer to the field, I've been here for 20 years. Yeah. I don't really need that at this point, but if I was fresh, in grad school or, or fresh out of grad school. And I'm like still trying to learn how to work all of that stuff. It cuts down on the time so much. That's true. That's true. And I can't tell you how many hours I've spent on treatment plans, just trying to craft it myself. And even with a, with like a skeleton, it like it takes hours. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, especially it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, just see what, like, just mess around with it and see if it comes up with, like, the best, like, give me the most recent research on, I don't know, any kind of procedure and just and fact-check it and just play around with it and see what happens, so. Yeah. Well, and, and I can make someone that never exists, that probably doesn't exist in this world. I can say, you're, you're an expert behavior analyst with training in behavioral neuroscience, 
autism and parenting or whatever. Like I could list 15 different areas of expertise that no one could possibly ever have in this universe right now. And then ask it a question, answer me this question. And the, the answer it's going to give is way more comprehensive and synthesizing all of these areas of research than I, again, I could ever pull together. Now, I still have to be able to have the critical thinking skills, the behavior analytic knowledge to then look at that answer and say, okay, is this relevant for my client? What can I, how can I make use of this information? But instead of scouring the literature in 15 different fields, I can see what, what are all the ways that this could, you know, be addressed and, you know, then go from there. I love that. So much fun, so much potential (laughs) and so much. I mean, there's so much to it already that we have. Yeah. So. Then the other part that I think um, people might want to think about if they're not already is, of course, with it, with your clients, what, what is there? What role does AI play? And there's so many things that come up for me there. One of them is the more information we can get about physiological anything, right? So if we have like... Um, there's already some devices out there that people have been using and there's research on for measuring, you know, heart rate and body temperature and all of those different types of things. But if we can start to get more and more of that kind of information, a lot of the times, especially for clients that we might have difficulty with addressing challenging behavior, and it's because there's something medical, physiological going on, if we, the more information we can get and the data we can get about their bodies and their hormones and anything like neuroscience related, and then mm-hmm. the AI, because again, it would be trained on this could, you know, provide some suggestions. Oh, for like, say it's a woman. Oh, your progesterone's low today. You, this, 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 like, and it'll tell you <laughs> some recommendations for that. I've been amazed because I just um, downloaded this app. It's called Moody. It's not AI as far as I know, but it um, it's for women. And based on like where I am, I know this might sound like TMI for people, but we got to normalize talking about this stuff. Based on where I am in my cycle, there's different emotional states and physiological states that I would be in. And it's wild. Like I kind of check in with myself and see how I'm doing when I wake up. And then I check the app and it's almost a hundred percent the same just based on knowing where I am in my cycle. Cause like for women, our hormones change and Mm -hmm. go up and down throughout the month based on where we are in our cycle. And that affects our moods and it affects our physiological, like how tired we're going to be, um, how much energy we might have all how hungry we might be all of these different types of things. So I'm just this, like the more information we have on all of that, and then you have an AI that can just not so, okay, you and I get that information. What do we do Right. But the AI has that information and it's like, well, based on all of these factors together, you should do X today <laughs> or you might need Y, you know, that's just wow. So like for our clients, especially that could be super helpful and helping, especially with some like self-management and things like that too. Yeah. And really learning what's going on. What are all of the variables that are influencing responding for today? Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And then so much, so AI for skills too. Like you could, there's so many ways yeah. it can be used to help with like skill development and, um, and accommodations and support and all of that. I'm just so excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely accommodations in school. Like there's so much potential there 
um, for, you know, students to use for, you know, note-taking or information like, hey, instead of listening to like a week worth of lectures, we know that you are not able to process all this material. Why don't we have a short summary of this topic for you to read during class instead of listening to lectures? Yeah, that's already available. If you get otter.ai yeah. transcribes, you can then, especially if you have ChatGPT4, there's like different, uh, I don't, I don't have it, so I don't know how it works, but there's ways, there's menu options in there that you can structure it and you can take the transcript. So if I, if I sit in on a lecture, I can put that transcript into ChatGPT4 and it'll summarize it. And it'll say like, here's the main points. Here's the neutral things. Here's the critical things. Here's the advantages. Like you can ask it to like pull out certain parts of the lecture and really highlight that for you. So you basically get like cliff notes and the, you know, the main takeaways. And of course, like if anyone ever hears me lecture, <laughs> I have a tendency to rant and talk about random things sometimes, but if they're wanting to just, you know, what are the take-home points? What do I need to study for my exam or what are the skills I need to learn? It can just summarize all of that for you. Man, I tell you what, college would have been so much easier right? if I had this. Yeah. yeah. Especially with lectures. You can even, you can also use it. Like I, again, I think we have to wait until HIPAA compliant things are available. If you're working, you know, in insurance or if you're in the school, yeah. things that are um, secure for the school setting as well. But with Otter or any of the other transcription services, if you have a, a secure encrypted um, service, again, I don't, I haven't had to research this, so I don't know if it's available yet. I just think about what it could be used for. A lot of the times we meet with clients and um, and we are like hand taking notes or trying to type stuff up and it takes forever. Well, if you have your transcription service on, again, it's going to be writing all of that up for you. It says who's talking. So if the parent's talking and then you're talking, you could have all of that. And then again, you can use AI to summarize it, to write your notes for you. And then you just go back and read through them and update anything that you know didn't work. Um, sometimes, you know, with voice to text, the words don't come through clearly and things like that. So you might have mm -hmm. to make some adjustments. Um, but even also like if I'm giving advice to someone, my brain, I tend to go real fast, right? So I'm coming up with ideas super quickly and I sometimes overwhelm people when I'm like, oh, you could do this, you could do this. Uh, and I have like yeah. 20 recommendations for them in 15 minutes. Well, I can say, Hey, I'm going to say all this stuff. So you, you know, we get the brainstorming done, but don't worry when we're done, I'm going to give you a really nice write-up that summarizes everything for you. And again, I can use AI to help me do that, make it look nicer, make it clearer. Because again, I tend to like ramble and say a lot of words I don't need to say. And I really talk <laughs> a long time about stuff, but the AI can help cut all that crap out and just put in, okay, you know, this is what you, these are the five things you need to do. I love it. I love it. You know what? I would love for like, just personally, like I would love it to help me with prioritizing. I feel like somehow prioritize my can day. Do that. They or... have, they have apps for that now. Well, finish. Let me let you finish. Sorry for interrupting. Prioritizing what kinds of things? Uh, just like with between personal and home, like just like, prioritizing my data and like what needs done. I mean, I know I can do it analogly. I mean, analog paper pencil, but sometimes it helps knowing like all the due dates coming up in the next three months. 
all the schedules I have. And they then have apps just, for that. I forget. I'll have to, I'll text it to you and I'll drop it the link somewhere at some point. I know there's at least a few cause I get them and you'll probably get ads for it now that we're talking about it, Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't actually looked at them, but I, what I looks like in the, the commercial, like ads that I see you put in your things, you, you might rank it a little bit, or like you said, give it due dates and stuff, but you don't make your own schedule. You just say like, these are the tasks and then it's yeah. out for you the priorities, like when you should get the stuff done by, and it makes the schedule for you. And then you just, that's, fasc- do that's it. fascinating. Yeah. I love that. I, <laughs> I will have to play around with that while I'm off just to see how beneficial it is and how, and like, if it works pr- pretty well, Yeah. like how cool would I, it be if to. you, you could get it set up? Cause I, when I see these apps and that's part of the reason I haven't used them. Cause I like plug away just fine. I'm, I'm pretty decent at prioritizing, I believe, but I have lots of friends who, who do struggle with that. Um, but for the apps, the one downside is it seems like you would need at least an, an initial bit of time to put all the information to the app. Right. So now, right. off, You put in that information, have it start like working on stuff for you. And especially because when you get back to work, you're probably going to be like, (laughs) so you could have it ready to go, you know, right. When you're picking back up with work and see what it does for you. But yeah, I tell you what, my first week, like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I had all these stuff. I'm like, what do I do? Like, it, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to, I, I want to, like, I, I felt like I needed to go to work or I needed to go to clinic and I need to check my email. Like, it, it was just so weird. Yeah. It, you know what it felt like? It felt like being ghosted by this relationship partner and you're ghosted after being in this serious relationship with this partner for like years. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it like gets cut off. I was like, yeah. no, you yeah. So it's, it's so weird. But. And for those, if you missed it, um, <laughs> Joe is on paternity leave right now. That's what he's talking about. So he is going yeah. back eventually, but he gets paternity. Yes. Leave, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome. I, I love it. I, I am so fortunate to be in a company that provides it. And not only for like having um, biological children, but also adoption, yeah. which is fantastic. So, cool. all right. I have two more things I'm going to tell you about, and then we can close out because we are trying to keep this relatively short. So short, yeah. one of the things ethics wise that I think is really important to um, make sure we don't leave out. We, I sort of mentioned it earlier for people who are, you know, excited about ChatGPT and things like that. One of the things you need to consider when you put information into these, especially the open resource ones, whatever information you're putting in there goes into their database and is used for future things, right? So even if you're not putting in like a client's name and age and like really identifying factors, whatever details you put in are then going into the universe, like into the AI, what for whatever that, that program is. So from an ethics standpoint, it's really important to think about, you know, do you have permission to share that information for with potentially billion, well, not billion, maybe millions of people, even though there's no identifying factors. And right now I don't know that we have the answer. There's, this isn't yeah. something, you know, it's in our ethical code or things like that. If it's not identifying information, maybe people will decide that is okay. I don't know, but it's definitely, please be careful. I, whenever I've used it, 
it's more for like my own knowledge. Like, let me see how I can quickly learn about X or I need to rewrite an email in a better tone or whatever. I don't think like I would be comfortable right now putting anything in there specifically for a client. Now I might, again, do generic things. Hey, tell me, tell me the updated research on imitation or something like that. But a, a truly specific thing where it's like, Hey, I have a three-year-old client who X, Y, and Z, uh, give me some tips on that. I just, I, I'm not a person that would be comfortable doing that right now because I don't know what that information is going to be used for in the future. Mm -hmm. You know what I just saw that I'm really excited about now? Now parents have the ability and the technology to um, have information at the fingertips on how to best support their child in schools. Mm -hmm. So they could put in information like, what can I do if I don't agree with an IEP? in yep. the state of Virginia. Yeah. yeah. It just and, takes uh, rights law to a whole new level. <laughs> yep. So no longer are you getting this piece of paper from the school district saying like, Hey, here's your parental safeguard rights. Here's a copy. Here you go. Yeah. But it's like a hundred page document of this legal jargon. And it's really difficult for a law parents to access and read and really understand. So mm -hmm. now maybe with Jack, uh, chat GPT, they can use that, put that information, that, that question in, and they get a summary of like, what's the best route for them. Yep. And they can even, they can say, it won't give you legal advice, but if you say yeah. like, you're, you're a lawyer with, or, um, you're whatever you, I I've tried lawyer typically will work. So like you're a special education lawyer with expertise in, you know, whatever the area is that you're having difficulty with. Um, please read the scenario below and provide me with your best advice. And it will say like whatever advice it has, but then it'll give like the disclaimer. I'm not a lawyer, yeah. blah, 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 seek legal counsel, but it still gives them way more to work from, um, than otherwise. Or you could say like, you're an advocate because an advocate might get more information, but yeah, there's, yeah. there's so many options for it. Oh my. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last one that I was going to tell you just as like, this is not, this is just AI in general, but I wanted to see, I'm guessing you probably haven't heard of this yet. So just something to look at for our listeners. And if you are interested as well, there's a, a, um, company that's like a bunch of Apple old people, like people that used to work for Apple got together and they created this company called humane and mm -hmm. they have a few TikTok videos that you can watch, or you can go to their website and watching them demonstrate their device is wow. It is just incredible. So the one guy, he like does this example where he, the device is like a little lapel thing that you hold right here. But then when someone calls you or whatever, it's like, um, the phone, it shows you an image. I forget what yeah. that's called, like projection and yeah. it'll say, you know, your wife's calling or whatever. That's cool. But the thing that I thought was the coolest is he, he has put into this device, all of his things about his health and diet goals and fitness and all of that kind of stuff. And he goes, Hey, I'm at the store and I'm hungry. I want to eat this granola bar. And he like says the name of the granola bar. And then the AI says, well, I, I don't remember the guy's name. So I'm just going to say, John, yeah. well, John, that's not in line with your goals right now. It may <laughs> part, like That might be too much sugar or something like that. And then wow. he's like, well, he's like, well, I'm hungry, so I'm going to eat it anyway. And then she goes, enjoy. 
(laughs) (laughs) Like you have your own little like assistant to coach you, but you can probably, I mean, I I would imagine over time you could probably program it to like be more strict with you. Like, no, don't let me, when I say I want to eat some sugar, you convince me not to like, there's so many things you can do now that's not available yet. (laughs) The thing that concerns me about all of it though, because that's obviously going to cost money is the that we're going to get further and further divided. The people who can afford all of that stuff are going to have way more like efficiency in their life, better health, all of these things available to them. And the people who can't afford these things are going to continue to encounter more barriers, systems Mm -hmm. that are working against them and all of that. So I'm really hoping that the folks, it seems like a lot of the folks who are really interested in AI are also very interested in just improving the human condition. So I'm hoping maybe there will be less of a consumer capitalist focus and more of a, how can we get this to the masses? Because the the people who need that level of efficiency the most are not the ones with billions of dollars. You could hire people to do everything for them. It's the single parent who is working three or four jobs just to make ends meet and can barely you know, make, make it through things right now, the increasing their efficiency and helping them do things would be so much more impactful. Yeah. My worry is that companies get there. I, I start, I'm starting to see this trend and I'm not sure if I'm on the right path or anything, but I'm seeing more and more companies that are making like super expensive things affordable. But what do you do? You do a monthly subscription why it doesn't seem like it's hurting your wallet, but really is when you compound like everything. So yeah. I can see it being accessible, but it's a multi-payment. And it, it like, I, I just see it. I see, I, I do worry at sometimes like we're getting to a point in our culture where you no longer own, you just rent. Yeah. And you rent everything. Yeah. And I do worry about that. But I can see that that's one way that if they go that route, like more people can access it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, there's so much we could talk yeah. about this one. So I, know, I, think I love it. we've covered the main points. I'm sure this will be one that we can bring up again in the future, especially if you discover certain things and you want to talk about that specific pro- um, product or something like that. But I think we should probably go ahead and close it out for today. For anyone who's listening, Uh, let us know, feel free to comment on the podcast or the Facebook feed and let us know what your experience has been so far with AI and and whatever benefits or concerns you have about AI for behavior analysis. And if you have any ideas for future wheel topics or podcast topics, feel free to leave us those as well. We want to talk about things that are relevant to practitioners right now and whether Mm -hmm. it's behavior analytic in nature or just something Mm -hmm. fun you would like to hear us chat about. And don't be afraid to let us know because like we're game for anything. Yep. <laughs> we can, we can talk about whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to close out. I thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday, October 17th at 12 PM Eastern. Go forth and do better guys. <laughs>